What is up, everybody? My name is Austin Buckner. Trevor Holder. And we are here with the plant daddy himself, Jacob Wilborn. Jake, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, we talk about so much. She's fucking dying, and I love it. That's why I did it. It's the intro. Anything goes in the intro. Um, we talked about so much stuff that like I don't have any knowledge of, and you are so passionate about. And we talked about that in the podcast. Is that like I love bringing people on and asking them questions about stuff that I know nothing about, and then just having my mind blown. And um. This is all very selfish. The podcast is very selfish. It's like, I want to learn more about this, so let's have this person on. Um, so thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. And uh, as the plant daddy, I love blowing minds. Hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, uh, was there anything that we just didn't get to or anything that no, you kind of want to... I really think we touch base on most everything that's, everything that's important to me. And like I said, um, just get outside. You know, actually, I do have a question um, I was going to ask, and it kind of goes with a question I had asked uh, in the podcast, but um, rather than just anywhere in the U.S. that you want to go out to, uh, where is somewhere outside of the U.S. that you would like to go to? Like, say, you know, Europe or so I'd really, I'd really love to go to a cherry blossom festival. I think that would be super <sighs> cool. My Sam. guy. And it's it's just so cherry blossoms are just so pretty. Should it's, we just plan a trip for just us three, just to? I just yeah, pretty much just yeah. a just a ice cream Sunday trip to Japan. Cause yeah, it, if we fucking talk about Japan and cherry blossoms, <laughs> the goofy the guys. Time. Oh, just a goofy guys trip to Japan. Just a bunch of dumb, that'd be honestly that'd be a lot of fucking fun, Americans <laughs> in April. <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun. Other than we fucking love trees, you guys. Um, yeah, man. Uh, you're one of the, like we said, one of the biggest supporters of the show. Was this everything you hoped and dreamed it would be? Oh yeah, it was amazing. I appreciate it. Awesome. It was a privilege. Awesome. It was. It was Aww. our. It was our privilege. I'm gonna start crying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Ice Cream Sunday Podcast. Now, before we get to this week's episode, we want to share with you guys some very important news. Uh, We have our very first live event happening September 30th at Eagles Club number 1398 in Preston, Iowa. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, It's kind of our way of getting back to the community that kind of helped us be who we are now. Yeah, Southwest Iowa. Um, obviously, we're we're both from there. We went to middle school and high school in Southwest Iowa. Um, this is a, a great way to bring uh, some entertainment and come and reconnect w- and connect uh, with people from from that area. Uh, Southwest Iowa has been super supportive. So um, we're gonna do a live podcast recording while we're there. We'll have an incredible DJ, a full bar. Uh, it'll be a blast. Tickets are available right now. Uh, the de- link is in the description description of this episode it is ice cream sunday sunday like the day of the week dot ticket uh buy your tickets come see us on september 30th can't wait to see you there
I know you work in conservation. What do you do? So a lot of the conservation stuff that I do is taking care of our parks, making sure they're clean for our guests, uh, making sure people can use them and enjoy the parks. The other, a little bit smaller portion is I make sure there's educational opportunities for our park guests. So one of the big things we've been doing is uh, summer camps, which we haven't had there for several, several years. One of the other full-time people just, they don't have the energy, they don't have the capacity to do it. And I came on with the idea that we would be helping promote those things. So it's pretty cool. Summer camps with kids, for kids. Um, and it kind of gives the parents a little bit of a day to not have the kids around and they can be outside and enjoy stuff. It's pretty cool. So you say you um, find educational opportunities for uh, for you know people and kids and whatnot. Um, now, does that mean you... Uh, you go out and come up with ideas for it or are like the educational material supplied to you and you just find ways to incorporate that. So part of what happens is we'll sit down as a team and brainstorm say, so one of our parks did have what's called an interpretive trail, a trail with a bunch of signs around it pointing out stuff. So one, one guy went around and he said, we want this many posts. And I'm like, okay. He's like, here's some ideas. And we talked about different ideas. We spitballed. And then I sat down and I said, bluebirds. We got bluebird boxes out there. Let's talk about bluebirds. And then someone else came by and said, well, what you really want to do is you want to distinguish the difference between the bluebirds and the the male bluebird and the female bluebird. So we, we talked about that. And there's some really cool stuff going on there. Otherwise, we'll say we have this group that does – uh, rehabilitation near us for, for wildlife. Is there a way we can get them on? I'm like, let me sit down and think about it. Let's talk about it. And we will develop something. One of the most recent activities that we had is we have a lot of equipment that we use for scheduled organized programs. So programs where people will come through and say, Hey, like, I want to be part of this. We'll write their name down. We're like, we got 10 people. So we're like, let's not do any of that. Let's just tell the public we're going to take our our equipment out there and they're free to use it for a themed event. So this was getting out on the water and enjoying stuff like that. And it was a huge success. We've been doing a lot of promotion on Facebook and stuff like that. So people can know what we're doing, where we're doing it. And it gets people's eyes on the department a lot better, which is really nice. So that was going to ask that exact same question. What is, is there a template or a book um, that, that you have that's like, hey, these are the, the programs that you can do. And here's how you might, you know, change it up a little bit to, to localize it, to make it right for, for your location. Or are you completely developing these programs from scratch? And it sounds like for the most part, it's it's just from scratch. A lot of it is from scratch. Someone will be like, hey, I've seen I've seen this done before. How can I do it here? And I, one of the members of the team is a retired uh, naturalist, so outdoor educator. So they have years of experience where they're like, hey, here's an idea. 
but like that's just the idea and you know we'll spitball we'll spark stuff back and forth and it's really nice and it sounds like a lot of it is what you're interested in what you've kind of built your career on which is um the the flana and and the flora of uh of those areas yes the flora and fauna of iowa like I absolutely love wildflowers. I get super excited. I will drop down on the ground, getting the best photo possible of our native wildflowers. Uh, fungi is really cool too. I'm not super good with my fungi. Uh, I've got a whole list of animals that I want to see that are uh, rare endangered animals that have been known to be in Iowa. Like if I get bit by a Mossasagua rattlesnake, that's going to be the best day of my life. It's going to, it's, <laughs> it's going to suck a lot, but they're, they're a threatened species and we're in the area. Like one of my professors had seen one. I'm like, Oh man, like I can only get so erect. Like I am so excited. <laughs> like what a wonderful way to die. Yes. Um, how did you get into this? How did you get interested in, in all of this to start with? So growing up, um, my, my parents split when I was in, the first or second grade, we always had uh, a lot of free opportunities. And this is in Minnesota, right around the Rochester area. So there's Cory Hill Nature Center, uh, Oxbow Zolomon Zoo. And those were free areas to go out and explore and see stuff and check stuff out. And the free stuff was really cool because my mom couldn't hold out a job uh, because she had, um, trying not to talk too poorly about my mom because she's passed. Uh, she's, she had a lot of mental issues. She had a lot of coping mechanisms and stuff like that, that made it so she couldn't keep a job. So free was always really nice. So I had that ingrained in me from a very young age that there's a lot of stuff you can do outside that doesn't cost a lot of money that has educational opportunities and it's outside is everywhere. So going when I, uh, when my dad got custody of us, my dad had a whole lot of animals. We lived outside Nichols farm, uh, outside Bridgewater. So there was, there was ducks and geese and turkeys and chickens and the whole assortment. I always tell people, my dad was a lot like Hagrid from Harry Potter and there's just a lot of animals and he taught us to respect them and to value them. And there's a lot to do. So I guess talking about that, talking about respect, I was not a super awesome kid. Um, I was more, I was better with my, with my dad and stuff like that, but I was not a super awesome kid. So we had, we had BB guns and I'm like, oh, there's a songbird sitting up in that tree. And I just totally took that bird out. And my dad got, <laughs> my dad got so mad. He said, you don't ever do that again. My dad never yelled. My dad never even really got mad, but he was disappointed in you and you knew you really messed up. Like if he got mad, like I only seen him mad once, but if he was disappointed, I disappointed him more than I care to admit, but he made sure we never, ever shot a, an animal we weren't going to eat ever again. So when you do these, these summer camps are, is that the inspiration is, is to basically instill in them the, the same love for the outdoors that, that you have? The, the inspiration is definitely to instill in them a, an appreciation for the outdoors. And there's different themes to these camps. So it'll, a lot of times it'll be, Hey, what can we do here? And one thing we always do is we do team building and cooperation stuff. And sometimes watching these kids try and figure out some of the stuff is like, as an adult, you're like, Oh, that's super simple. You communicate, but these kids, they can't really get that. But we always try and instill a sense 
of appreciation and enjoyment. It's not just learning out there. I can certainly tell you that this, what the Latin name for this tree is, or I can tell you um, what's going on, what the ecological processes are here, but that's not always fun. Sure. If you're getting sprayed down with the hose and learn about like the water cycle, <laughs> that that's fun. Have you ever had a, a moment where there there was like a group of kids or a kid or just I guess somebody in general that you were just really impressed by? Like, yes. Oh wow, they they really love this. Like Yes. So it wasn't necessarily that they really loved it, but it, I've I've been impressed by many of these groups of kids. Um, if you give kids free reign to sit and enjoy and learn on their own in an unstructured environment, they will constantly impress you. And I, I believe that with my whole heart. But we were, we had downtime between lunch and the next activity. And one of these kids got up on a table and started an improv comedy show. I'm like what is this? And the guy who was helping me had done this for over 40 years. He's retired and he had never once seen that happen. And what's really cool about that is the kid wasn't like, Oh, what are we supposed to do now? They took control of the situation and we're talking first or second grader here. They took control of the situation. They made their own entertainment outside, which is exactly what we want to happen. It's amazing. There is a book by, and I'm going to mispronounce his name, but Richard, Richard Louvere, and it's called The Last Child in the Woods. And that's exactly, um, that's exactly the idea behind the whole thing is you give kids unstructured activities outside and they learn risk assessment, they learn time management, they learn all these cool processes that they just can't seem to teach in school. You had asked us on... Did we do it for our one year anniversary or the 50th episode? But we had people send in questions. Uh, One year. Yeah. And your questions blew us away. We had no (laughs) idea how to answer them. So I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, First question, you talked about your love of of wildflowers and uh, plant life that is natural to to Mm. Iowa. Um, What's your favorite and why? So I really like a flower. It's called ghost pipe or monotropa uniflora. It is just so incredibly cool. It is, it's this plant that doesn't have any chlorophyll. So it's completely like translucent white, but sometimes you can find it with a little bit of pink. That's on my list. I want to see that uh, candy cane ghost pipe, but it harvests, um, it harvests resources from the trees around it through the mycorrhizal network. And that's an entirely different conversation to have but it's it's fungi that grow on the ground that connect everything and it's really cool um but that's where it gets its resources and it's sort of pseudo parasitic it does return stuff back to the mycorrhizal network but it gets most of its resources most of its micro minerals and sugars from that network and it's super cool it stands about um i'd say four inches from the soil typically it's found around same trees. yes <laughs> Um, but it's it's really cool. Um, honestly, right now we should start seeing them pop up around Iowa, our state parks and stuff. And it's a really good indicator that your your soil and your ecosystem has good health because that mycorrhizal network gets broken up by a lot of stuff. Um, plowing, tilling, working the soil, planting new stuff that shouldn't be there. It's vulnerable to infections. I got off topic. I'm really excited about it. No, that's fine. I, I I love when you go off topic and uh, 
the things that I see like on your Instagram or your Twitter, uh, Facebook, um, it's, it's so far over my head, but I just, I love watching people be passionate about the things that they're passionate about, even if I don't understand any of it. Yeah. I feel like when we started, especially like six years ago, seven years ago, when we started podcasting, people were like, that's cool, man. I, good for you. I don't know what the fuck you're saying, but good for you. And now that like, obviously podcasting is much more popular. They're like, okay, I get it. I know what you do at least, but still. The fact it, that anyone listens at all is amazing. It's still to me. fun to get that to get that question of like, what's a podcast? Yeah, like it, it's very rare now that that happens. But when it does, it's like we'll explain it. And the the dumbest, most simple term I can use is it's internet radio, right? Yeah. And so, like when we get people that that ask us questions about it, and we get super pumped about it, it it's the same way we we ask. Oh, you know, Jacob about about flowers boy. or anything. Uh jumped on a rabbit hole last night because I think I told you, like, this person from Creston like randomly messaged me out of nowhere. Yep. Um, and she was like, "What do you do? Like, why do you, you have like forty six mutual friends? Like, how does everyone know you?" And I was like, "Oh, well, I grew up in like this area, but also like I host a podcast that's like moderately popular." Um. And she's like, what's a podcast? And I was like, it's like internet radio. And she's like, oh, like KSIB. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Then weren't you like 10 years ago? And I was like, yes. And she's like, I remember your voice. And I was like, great, (laughs) great. Um, And then the other question that you asked us was, as far as like a outdoorsy place to go in the state of Iowa, what's your favorite? Uh, so I really like Wildcat Den. I worked several seasons down there. It's got really cool geography. Uh, so if if you don't know, Wildcat Den is a state park. I think it is 459 acres. It's got a lot of different geology around it. It's got a cool historic Pine Creek grist mill that's there. And the volunteers that work there, the ladies that work there, are super awesome. I guess there's a couple guys too, but I only talk to the ladies for the most part. Yeah, you there's, do. <laughs> there's a there's a dam there that um, would power the grist mill, not by a water wheel, but by a turbine. Water wheel is contentious issue, by the way. You never think a water wheel could be a contentious issue, but it is. Anyways, why? So there is one lady that holds the position that. The water wheel was the only way that this grist mill, so a grist mill like makes flour out Mm -hmm. of corn and wheat and stuff like that. And that was the only way they could have done it next to it. And the other lady said, show me the proof, show me the historical documents, because every picture that we have of how this operated um, didn't have that in there. And a lot of people come by and said, oh, 70 years ago when I came down with my family, um, because this grist mill has been there forever. It was one of the first uh, first permanent settlements in Muscatine County. So they would say, oh, yeah, I totally remember the water wheel right there. So it's between what people remember uh, and then what we got the documents for. So it's sort of like a Mandela effect. I was just going to say, it's like yeah. Muscatine County's yeah. own little Mandela effect. Yeah, but it, it's super cool. These ladies are super passionate. They sort of tapped me with my experience when I was a seasonal down there to help lead hikes and help do programs for, um, and I got to misremember the name, but it was like a jumpstart program. So, so it was sort of like an, a summer school program for these kids, um, younger kids from, 
across the across the river is like Rock Island and Moline and stuff like that. And they come over. These kids are awesome for the most part. But I did have a couple times where I'm like, hey guys, let's let's bring it down a notch. They started singing uh they started singing the song WAP. I'm like, whoa, let's <laughs> let's bring it down. You guys are first, second, third grade. Let's bring it down a notch, okay? Um I, I've worked with you know, living in Pella now, um, obviously there's a lot of history there and a lot of, um, you know, heritage, Dutch heritage and things like mm. that. They're very proud of their heritage. And so I work with uh, historical societies and I get to talk with them all the time and learn new stories about this this place that I'm I'm living, right? That I've only been there a couple of years now and, and my wife's only been here six, seven years now. Um talking to these ladies that are so passionate about this area are you tapping into those resources as well and and learning the stories and the histories of uh, you know whether it be muscatine county or um you know where you're at now are, are you learning about these areas tapping into those resources talking with them about old stories and that sort of thing so i always like talking to people and learning learning whatever they have to offer but there's definitely uh issues where I'm like, yeah, that's super interesting. The like the Pine Creek Grist Mill was uh, founded by Nye. I think his name was Ben Nye. And then he had a daughter and the daughter ran off with another guy. And then the son-in-law came back, chased them all down. And there's a there's a rock because there's a shootout. I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. Like this is this is stuff that you guys have have historical documents for. That's really cool. Now. Up in the county I work at, there's another area that is very similar to that. There was... Uh, there was a shootout there, too? There was a shootout there, too. <laughs> I kid shit. you not. So there was, if I remember right, there was a, a robbery down in Davenport. So these guys traveled 20, 30 miles by horseback up to this like little dirt track road. Well, the word got around that these guys were hiding out in the area. And a deputy found them and confronted them. And he just got shot down and it, they've got this tiny little plaque, probably like the size of probably, probably a four by five foot plaque or something like that. And that's all I'm like, this is a really cool story. Why aren't you guys like, why aren't you guys talking about this more? Why don't you guys have like, I don't know, a book in your library about the shootout on this road, which I can't remember the name of, but I'm like, that is super cool. I think you'd be surprised how many shootouts there were like in the 1800s. There were a lot of shootouts in in Iowa. It what's funny is like okay, so like when you think of westerns, you think yeah. of like Arizona, Utah, Wyoming, Texas, or Texas, or you think of like uh like Red Dead Redemption, you think of like the west, what we think of the west is. But another thing I learned from the Pella Historical Society, Wyatt Earp and his brothers, like he's like the most famous fucking out or not outlaw, but uh, like vigilante character in the wild west, like lived in Pella for huh. a short time. And then like, you think of like the wild west as like uh Jesse James. Right. And you think of like way further West. Well, like his biggest train robbery was in like a dare County. Yeah. And he was shot and killed in St. Joe, Missouri. So you mm -hmm. think of like the wild west as like West West. And it's like, it's right here. It's just the Midwest. We're the fucking we're the Wild West. Yeah, like anything west of the Mississippi, um, up until like the mid eighteen hundreds or something. I'm not a historicologist. I can't I can't tell you what it is. I don't play one on TV. 
But uh, that <laughs> there was a lot of unregulated stuff. And you even think now with Iowa's problems with meth and stuff like that, you know, we're we're way closer together, but it's still it's it's highly unregulated. I mean, nobody wants to regulate meth, but meth, all that stuff meth brings people together is is the uh, is the <laughs> wild west now. Yeah. <laughs> um, growing up in. Dare County. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you the same questions that I asked you before, but localize it a little bit more. Was there an outdoor area in Adair County or, or around where you were growing up that you're like, that kind of sparked my interest in, in the outdoors? So um, back when my, my dad and his brothers got along, there was this little like ravine that was forested that we would go down there and play every day um it was it was really cool it wasn't much looking back on it um but we would go down there every day and we'd play now if i remember right there's a state wildlife management agency called like the adair woods um everybody knows it as like hoopy hollow mm-hmm. which i think hoopy's a privately owned area but it's still the same area we went out there mushroom hunting all the time uh we went out there checking stuff out we we went hunting all across areas of Adair County land that we had permission on. Don't be like a certain family and hunt land that you don't get permission on, but whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, around Adair County, Hoopy Hollow, the little, um, now I'd call it edge habitat areas, little ravines that are a little bit forested, cattle ponds. That was all really cool. What, um, as far, as far as work goes or your, your own, interest like uh intertwining with them what's something that you want to see done or what's something you want to accomplish in say like five years like what what would something be that just so um a lot of outdoor education takes place in like a central hub a nature center so my county currently does not have a nature center um many counties don't um, Adair County doesn't even have a naturalist, which is the outdoor educator por- portion. My county does not have a nature center. We can totally support one. I want to, within five years, get that idea implemented and get funding off the ground. I'm going to need to learn a lot of stuff. Got I'm going to need to learn how to write grants and stuff like that and do fundraising skills. But there's so much more you can do from a nature center that you just can't do from from an office building you know you have all your stuff you can have animals for animal interactions you can have cool little uh floating displays so there's an organization here in iowa that will help get you floating displays or you can borrow stuff from other agencies and without a central location you just really can't do a whole lot of that and there's a place for the public to come and be like hey cool those are trees that's that's what the inside of a tree ring looks like. That's how that process is done. That's one of my favorite displays that I want to do, by the way, is tree rings. Um, but that's really what I want to do with that five to ten year plan. I think uh, on a on a much grander scale, um, I, I think you and I are very similar in that you're like, I just want to fucking take walks in nature and look at my birds and get bitten by rattlesnakes uh, and you're like but i gotta do all this fucking paperwork and like i feel like like for me it's like man i just want to talk shit 
mostly on Creston and podcast <laughs> and uh and I gotta do all this fucking paperwork for my LLC. Like you made that decision. Though. I did. I did. <laughs> That's it's on all you. Fucking so much paperwork though. I know you want to, you know, stay local and and kind of promote, you know, local wildlife fauna stuff like that. Um, where's somewhere you want to go in the U.S. to learn more about, or just to kind of experience nature there? So I have been to the Boundary Waters one time as part of a school program. It was like a week-long canoe trip through the Boundary Waters, which was super cool. Um, I hurt my back because I was doing too much. So I couldn't really experience that. I would love to go back. There's a very small town up there called Ely, Minnesota. Um, And maybe it's Eli. I think it's Ely, though, Um, which is super cool. And they've got the, if I remember right, it's the Voyager's Wolf Project up there. And there's a bear project too. And I'd love to go up there and I'd like to learn and I'd like to see what they have to offer. And I'd like to go back up into the Boundary Waters again and see what they all have. Another place that I really want to visit is on Lake Michigan. It's, if I remember right, it's one of the largest freshwater islands in the world. And it's got a lake on there. It's Isle Royale. And I want to go out there and I want to check it out. But it's like a like two-hour ferry ride just to get to the island. It's super cool, though. Have you thought about going up to, like, the Redwood Parks over in, like, Washington and checking uh, the trees out there? So, I think that would be really cool, but um, it just doesn't hold the interest to me that, like, stuff closer to the Midwest and closer to, like, the Northwoods does. So, a lot of people think Iowa is super boring, and I totally admit Iowa can be boring. Um, but we've got prairie networks, which the the roots of things like uh, like big blue stem, one of our native tall grasses, can extend down to 12 foot. And if you have a summer without any rain at all, that plant still thrives. That plant still has that huge root system. I'm like, no way. I just want to like dig down like a little squirrel or a badger and see what's going on with that root system, see what's going on there. And our eastern woodland forests, I mean, it's something that's been harvested and taken care of for generations by by native peoples, which, I mean, for some odd reason, aren't there anymore. But that's a different topic. But these are a managed landscape. And how did that come to be? How did, you know, white people, how did uh, Europeans come over and not see that? And, like, that is so cool. By the time we got over to... um out west we had an idea of conservation and protecting these these landscapes we we did a lot of that wrong but by the time we got over there we're like hey this is kind of cool so to me seeing the stuff that the little bits of remnant that are left over here where people were and people were sort of taking over and changing it i think that's a lot cooler and a lot more special than like ten thousand acres out west okay if you were working for like an Iowa tourism board, right, and and someone like-minded uh, to you that wants to see, you know, animals that are native to Iowa, plant life that's native to Iowa, where are you sending them in the state of Iowa? Uh, so it all really depends on what you want to see. Um, like I was talking about badgers, 
out in eastern Iowa, we don't have a whole lot of badgers. There's a lot more groundhogs over there, but we don't have a lot of badgers. So I'm like, oh, badgers are really cool. I think badgers are awesome. Go out to western Iowa, go out to like the Louse Hills, Mm -hmm. and you can see a lot of really cool stuff. The Louse Hills are a cool formation. That soil type, which people think soil is just dirt, it's so much more. That soil type in the communities uh, that it supports are only found in two places in the world. It's it's out in western Iowa, and it's someplace over in China. I'm like, that's really cool. And then we have on the clear opposite side. So we got the Missouri River on one side with the Laos Hills nearby. And over on the other side, we've got the Driftless region, which is this really cool area near the Mississippi that didn't have any glacial action. So it's sort of, um, it's got these cool plant communities that you don't see other places. And um, these cool rock formations. If I think, if I remember right, it's like karst topography where like the glaciers smoothed out everything, but for some reason they went around that driftless region. It is really cool. Go up there, pick blueberries. Like blueberries are cool. <laughs> so I was going back and listening to very old episodes because I'm a fucking nerd and I want to see like how the audio quality is like progressed Changed. over the years. And uh, but I was listening to when we had Abby Warner on. Mm-hmm. And I asked her about where she wanted to go. And she was like, oh, obviously, like, you know, we were going to Colorado and the Rocky Mountains and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, anywhere local around here that you'd want to go to? And she mentioned that place where she was like, yeah, I wasn't touched by like glaciers. And yeah, she mentioned that as well. That's cool. Yeah. It's really cool stuff. How that entire process happened. um, I'm sure a geologist could totally tell you about it. But so the plant community is there. So when the glaciers came... They eradicated everything, but they eradicated everything really, really slow. So these plants kept rolling south and rolling south, and it's it's plant migration, what it is. So that area has um, has plants that are seen in more southern portions of the United States, and they're they're just up there. They got these ice chimneys, so like the cave is cool, and it comes up and it cools off as it goes up. It's just really, really cool stuff. You know, I think it'd be a really interesting conversation to see um, Zach and Jacob talk to each other. I agree. Oh, Zach's job. Like, that is really cool. I wish I had. I wish I had something like that when I was younger. I'm like, oh, man, if I was single, like, yes, please. Like, I'm going to totally hurt myself. But, yeah, let's do that. God, if only you were single, right? Fucking wives. That could be arranged. <sighs> wives are the worst. <laughs> um. So this is getting off topic a little bit, but you and Heather both have been like two of the biggest supporters of the podcast and, yeah. and share every episode. I've probably listened to every episode. Um, is there anything that stands out as like your your favorite? Um, so I I really like everything for its own merits. I think when you had Morgan, one of your first episodes, yeah, yeah. Morgan I, th- I think that was a really special episode because that's that's an insight to a life that not a lot of people see. And what she does is really special. Um, Zach is really cool to, to listen to his adventures and be like, Oh man, like this is what I did. And um, I don't want to talk poorly. And it sounds like I talk poorly, but Oh man, I was such an idiot for doing that, which I can relate because I'm a huge idiot. Um, And I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. But you, you just had Cal on here, which I'm like, Oh, that's like, that is intense. That is something that is super cool. And just getting an insight into other people's lives 
and saying, oh man, that guy has this really successful business going on. He's done a lot. He's going on adventures, but you see that they're just people just like you are. And I'm like, oh, you can totally relate to like nearly everything. It's really awesome. So speaking of Cal, um, I love that his story is like, met this girl and I fucking took a chance and it all worked out and we're in love and we're still together. Um, another one of these like random Facebook friend ads, like I've been going through just cause I want to promote the show. And like the best way to do that is, is, uh, you know, through word of mouth. So like, if I have a bunch of mutual friends, especially if they're mutual friends with J.R. Hicks, cause J.R.'s fucking episode blew up. Yeah. So it's like, if you know J.R., you probably listen to the show. So I can't think of her name. And even if I did, I probably wouldn't say it on the show because she doesn't want to talk, whatever. So I was like, you're from New York? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, why the fuck are you in Iowa? And she immediately sent me a link to a KCCI article. And she was like, I was kidnapped. And I was like, what? Oh, what? Holy oh. shit. <laughs> I was heckin' bamboozled. I was like, What? And she was like, yeah. And uh, apparently um, JR's mom helped her get in contact with a lawyer that helped her with the case and and everything. And she had such a, a strong support system here in Iowa that she just ended up staying in Iowa. They like caught her captor Holy in, shit. I- like, in Iowa, oh like at a God. gas station in Iowa. That is insane. Yeah. I feel I feel like I need to look that up now because Which I, guess I wonder like a, if I remember that. I vaguely remember it. Vaguely remembered it. I was like, I know I read part of this story before, but I, now knowing who it's about is wild. But I guess sure. I, like I like that speaks well to like Iowa nice. I guess it's yeah, like, you know, yeah. Which is like this weird fake thing that we don't have. Because our governor's a cunt. Hey, I did hey. it. I did it. <laughs> I was like, how am I going to incorporate? How am I going to throw the word cunt in this particular episode? Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty easy to hate her. I was like, Blue Jays are cunts, like, out of nowhere. Did I ever tell you, did I ever tell you when we, um, when Heather got me to volunteer to help with um, her work and doing uh, the dairy stands? No. That... We walked, I was literally like two feet away from, from the governor. And I was just like, I fucking hate this. Like I wanted to say something out loud just to this. I think, mm. I think I, I, I like to live vicariously. Obviously, like when we had Zach on, I was like, well, obviously I'm, I'm living vicariously through you and your travels to Alaska and New Zealand. And I, uh, I kind of live vicariously through Zach because I'm like, what a beautiful love story. Like, like I told him on the on the episode, like, I love my wife. I don't know if I love my wife that much. Um, and I live vicariously through you because I feel like you're you know more about nature. Like I tell people that my summers growing up were like, I, I camped all yeah. summer. And they're like, man, I can't even imagine like all of my meals over an open fire and like laying out underneath the stars. And I was like, 
fucking relax all right yeah. my grandparents rv was gigantic <laughs> it had like three slide outs there's a fucking oven and a stove inside the rv like we had satellite television like this was i was not roughing it so when i meet someone that's passionate about the outdoors um like you are and very knowledgeable about it i, I live vicariously through you as well because i feel like when people hear that i camped they're they think of someone that's more like you yeah so I absolutely love tent camping. Like I like making it a little bit more of a challenge. So I'll do like matchless fire starting, which one of my good friends uh, taught me how to do. And uh, it's super embarrassing because uh, she led a hike um, over at Mississippi Palisade State Park in Illinois, which isn't too far from where I'm at. And she had uh, several people come in and do that event. But I just could not get a fire started, and it was it was horrible. But talking about having meals over the fire, you know, she prepped all this stuff up, and the other two people ended up leaving early. So it was me, her, and another naturalist. So we're all like nature nerds, which was super awesome because you know everybody. It's it's much nicer to have an event with people that you're you have similar passions with but had the best like chicken and potatoes over the fire. And mm. I, when I got back, I told Heather, I'm like, I apologize, but this girl made potatoes way better than you ever could. And maybe it was because it was hot out and um, I guess it wasn't hot. <laughs> maybe I'm just being a big baby, but maybe just because it was the company and stuff, but it was an excellent meal. Oh, One of the top damn. 10. Not only is your chicken potatoes trash, also the company was better. No, I'd that's say that's rude. I'd say it was top two. Heather's Heather's was top two. The other one was top one. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy, here's the thing. Sometimes I come home uh, and I'm like, I love my wife's cooking. She's incredible. And like rivals, if not better than her mother's, which is like a huge compliment to her. But I'll come home after like a long podcast weekend and I'll be like, you're not going to fucking guess what Trevor's wife made. <laughs> and she'll be like, I need you to shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. She gets very jealous of Heather's incredible skills. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. And then we go out and eat and it's like, oh, oh. yeah, I know like she deserves a break. She makes food all the time. But I would rather have my wife's cooking over like a restaurant like meal. Yeah. I'm the opposite. Like I, I think Amy's a great cook, but like there's sometimes I'm like, this is great, but like I'd rather be at Chili's right now. <laughs> we look, we went out to Hessen House and uh, I one place I've never been in Des Moines. What? I've never never once. Dude. Okay, so uh I got their Jaeger chili. Um, their monster um, cheese sticks, which is like uh, they were gigantic. Yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah, they're they're like fried. Like the breading is amazing. And then I had their um, their mac and cheese, but it's got like parmesan and gouda. You gotta have like, gouda and mac. And yeah, cheese. there there's like a ton of different cheeses with it. They added some beef in it too. And I gotta admit, it's delicious. It's a lot of cheese, though. Yeah, and it's it, a little, little too much cheese. Were you paying the cheese tax? Oh, I paid in the, the bathroom tax. later. <laughs> I yeah, I was. <laughs> There's a lot of cheese tax. Is there anything that uh, we haven't 
asked about? Anything that you want to ch- chat about? Any particular stories that? Uh, you know, I can't. I can't really think of anything in particular that I really want to talk about. Um, but I, I do want to say that I think everybody has a place outside. Everybody deserves a place outside. And um, there's another really good book I listened to. It's called Black Faces, White Spaces, where it talks about there's there was an issue of racial segregation in the outdoors and in the conservation industry itself. And that was that's one of my big passions is making sure that everybody has access to these places where they can they can get outside they can do what they want i mean as long as it's not bothering anybody else i don't care if you're out there playing soccer or football or hiking or swinging from a tree as long as you're not damaging stuff or hurting somebody else go enjoy being outside that's all i really want <laughs>